0: you can get hit a bunch of times and apparently it doesn't do a thing to the armor for the amount of damage that those blasters have so i was like okay wow like he was
1: like derrick henry dude he was (laughs) fucking he made it
0: like 50 yards and then came
1: down
2: Welcome to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television, judge, and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner.
0: Better Red Than Dead. Ian Anderson. Some
2: shit. And Jay Vincent. Hey, guys. You guys ever find yourself wondering if you take the time to set your TVO to record a show each week, spend that money on that streaming service, or invest hours into binging that show that all your friends keep telling you to watch? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. We put TV shows on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. To check out our other episodes, if you're joining us on Facebook or Instagram, you can head to our website using the link in our bio. If you're on YouTube, the link will be down in the description below. And you can also listen wherever fine podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Ghana, just to name a few. And as always, completely free to listen. Today, we're reviewing season two, episode three of The Mandalorian, The Heiress. So spoilers are about to ensue. So if you haven't watched the episode, pause now, go watch the episode first. Uh, If you don't care about spoilers, hang out because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. So I want to open up, guys, the question just to everybody and kind kind of a big shift for me anyway, as far as where this episode went, the information that was in it. So I kind of want to open up and say, what was each of your individual thoughts about this episode? What are some some high level takes that you guys had?
0: And what'd you think? Sure, I can. I can go first. As you, if you, for those that have listened, I've been kind of ragging on this season for, especially the first two episodes, not really giving us much to go off of. And I know my opinion is going to vary, especially from our Star Wars guru here, <laughs> JJ. Did they drop us some things? Are there some things to look forward to? Yes, but again, to me, again, just show me the dark saber. Show. I, we saw Moff Gideon, thankfully through a hologram for like all of it, like fifteen seconds. So we got teased again, and that's what this episode felt like an even bigger teaser to me where I just, I want to see more of the people we're accustomed to seeing in the show. And to me, it felt like another kind of step to get to what I want to see and there was a lot more of it and I will concede that to JJ. I'm sure there's a ton of Easter eggs, lots of things that I didn't pick up on not being like a a massive Star Wars well, I'm going to call JJ a Star Wars nerd because he he just knows so much stuff that I'm not going to pick up on and for those reasons, I don't think those things resonated as big with me where I'm looking for the centralized plot and story that's being driven home. So it's not that this episode was bad, but I'm still just waiting to get into the thick of let's get Mando in front of Moff Gideon or get him back with uh, the two other characters as the shock trooper and the uh, the bounty kind of leader guy and such and keep driving the story home there. That's where I want to go. But did this episode give us some more teasers and tidbits to get there? Certainly but I'm still waiting. (laughs) Fair enough. What about you, Ian?
3: So I don't classify myself as a Star Wars nerd at all, but I thought this was like the best episode yet. I think it has everything that you could possibly want. As far as there were new characters, there were like lore, there was just a whole bunch of little bits added together to make this an awesome episode. The action was sweet. I getting to see Mandalorians take out a bunch of stormtroopers. Yeah, dude. It was awesome. Super awesome.
1: What about you, Jay? I, I can't wait to see what JJ has to say <laughs> about this, because honestly, I agree with Ian 100%. This is my favorite episode by far, man. Like, when yeah, the Mandalorian heist. My note on that was like, fuck yes, the Mandalorian <laughs> heist. That's a, And like mm-hmm. I was already I was pulled in on the episode. I kind of knew from the beginning. I was like, shit, we're still with Mandalorian. We're probably going to continue this process. But I really had a feeling that they would tie it into the main story, which they did so I don't know for me overall and it's crazy because my favorite episode from last season was Sanctuary both of which directed by Bryce Dallas Howard she's like my favorite director now I
2: gotta she's gotta do a movie she did a really good job so for me, like this was also my favorite episode of the season. But I think for me, there's a lot more to it than just everything that's going on. For me, there's so many deep cuts to this and they're setting up so many things that I've been looking forward to for the season that adds to it for me. And I kind of see hearing Matt to talk about it. I see where you're coming from. For me, I feel like it did give us just enough to make sure that we realize there is an overall story here and this ties to it, especially where we got to see Gideon and he's willing to sacrifice these guys to keep. Obviously, he's afraid of Bo-Katan because she's coming for that. That thing And she had it. I'm intrigued to see how Gideon got it from her because the last time we saw Bo-Katan, she had it. She was being given it in the Rebels cartoon. Uh, so I'm interested to see how Gideon see,
0: got a hold of it. That That's a good point, because that doesn't resonate with me. But you said a key word that you're interested to see how. Show yeah. me the F how. <laughs> That's what I because was this the best episode? Yes. But from what we've had to compare it to damn straight, this better been the best episode because we haven't seen a whole lot. So I agree with everything everyone is saying. I just I want the show me how to really show me how.
2: Sure. And I think we'll get it. I, I worry about obviously we're three in. We've only got five left.
0: Yeah, five left.
2: But I also worry this is the kind of show that you can you can blow your load too early. If they try to get that climax in, then where do we go at the end? Right. So if they got Gideon cutting through and we got the dark saber all the way through this, it, we start to get to that point where what do we have to finish it with? And so obviously that climax, just like with the first season, probably the last couple episodes, and I'm really intrigued to see. But yeah, so a lot to go over with this episode. So I have to ask you, Jed, you sent me a comment earlier talking about this episode and something that you said was with Bo-Katan and the new Mandalorians that were introduced in this, the Night Owls, you get to see a different side of the mandalorian culture and some things are different and your i think your comment was the fake mando talk to me about what you thought about this introduction to these new mandalorians
1: oh man i i loved it but honestly i was very excited and i reading my notes i forgot but the intro had the forger in it and kind of reminded us of the last season i was like so excited because i was like oh shit is she coming back i love that medieval bitch man she kicks ass so but then throughout the episode when when the she did show up and she took off the helmet i was like holy shit like that's not the way you know what i mean and i don't come (laughs) from star wars so i'm just like it's crazy that i know this and then it got my got me thinking like man imagine the kids who only started watching this you know like this is a great way to teach them about honor and then especially when they flip it and she's like this is the way after she changes the terms which you don't fucking do i was like that's not the way bitch oh (laughs) look out you know i was like freaking out and then at the very very end when she's and that is why i think the next five episodes are going to be amazing because i think they set us up for everything we need to get into the meat and potatoes now because we needed to know she was looking for the dark saber because that's not the way either you know what i mean if you're not a real mandalorian don't go looking for that fucking dark saber unless you got bad intent so honestly i loved it it's something i would love my daughter to see just to like learn
2: about like you know. When you, when you say something, you stick by it, you know what I mean? What about you two? What What'd you guys think of that whole introduction of a new theory on Mandalorians or how, you know, a different introduction to what might be playing out throughout the season?
3: Well, I've been confused the whole time because I know in other movies or, you know, the Clone Wars or the Rebels, that Mandalorians take their helmets off. So I've been confused the whole time. about not it make a connection I didn't know for me? That. So I actually, this makes sense because I was just getting frustrated. <laughs> so I'm glad that they touched on that. And I thought it was kind of interesting that Mando like finds out he's like in a cult. So <laughs> I wish I could see his face when he like realized there's other ways of following, like or living as a Mandalorian. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And to take it to like literal worldly terms and such, we know that there's a lot of religions. There's, I mean, you take it sport, you you can politics, sports, religion, whatever you want to call it. There's varying degrees of how devoted you are to said thing. And that's just, it was interesting to see, well, that's the same for the Mandalorian culture. There's probably various degrees of, he seems to be a zealot towards the top, but it's funny that he probably didn't really know that because Mm -hmm. that's just where he grew up in and what he was incubated around. And I think it's a great microcosm to us where if we only pay attention to the voices that are around us we don't really know sometimes where we're at on the scale. Certainly social media has changed that for us now, but probably pre-social media you could have been here but you're like yeah, no no I'm like I'm moderate. I'm here but then you get into a newer crowd and you're like oh f like I am I'm weird, <laughs> like I'm different and that's what I thought those those Mandalorians they they had those looks and they kind of looked at them different. They're probably just like this guy like he needs to take a chill pill. Like we can take the helmet off. We can still be Mandalorian. We can still be Batman. Badass, but like, dude, like, you don't have to take everything you eat with a straw, <laughs> which we never see him eat. So I don't even know what, what yeah. he does. No, he takes Holy. it off last season. He yeah. took it off during yeah. the yeah. sanctuary. Episode. He said it next Eating to his in food. public, though. True.
2: Oh, yeah, he's got to eat in private all the time. Grant, I don't want to eat insane. that that
0: that chowder stuff or whatever that they swap <laughs> out. The Matrix like- <laughs> shit.
1: It's like the shit that they eat in the Matrix. Oh. Yeah. It's all the protein and essentials you need. But my mind just got blown while Ian and, and Davy Jones there was talking about this <laughs> because I was going to ask, like, my note for that was, oh, was he part of the Night's Watch? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because they called it the Watch. I just thought that he was like... I don't know. I thought it was like something like that, like the Night's Watch, which honestly you can think of them as like zealots as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. although they were right. But I had no idea it was like hinting at him being in a fucking cult. And so when they like looked at him, all of it just started making sense when you mentioned that. And so now the whole rest of the episode. Wait, did you, the, the, has Ian or Madsen seen Rebels? Do you guys know or like I know Ian said he was accustomed to not seeing him without um, or he was accustomed to seeing him taking off their mask, which I couldn't even imagine.
0: I'm not really familiar with Rebels myself. So.
1: after JJ's
3: invitation to watch Clone Wars, I started watching it and I just got to the Mandalorian episodes of where you like find out more about the planet, what's going on. So oh, sure, that's sure. been super. That also made this episode way awesome to watch because all this stuff started connecting between the two shows. So I've seen a little bit, but I'm only like a season in. I got to so start me,
2: watching. You got to. So let me dive into a little bit of what you just mentioned, Jay. So you talked about the watch and the Night's Watch. Well, these guys, it really blew my mind because this was something new for me, too was this whole children of the watch she they, they called him one of the children of the watch well the watch they're referring to i mentioned last episode or the first one maybe is death watch and so death watch was a clan of mandalorians that were zealots they were led by a guy called pre vishla funny enough was voiced by john favreau right. so in the clone wars cartoons so they're the children of the watch i was like oh shit so everybody that's followed death watch from then on or at least after a certain part so what they just did they finished the Clone Wars with like ending a story around Death Watch being led by Darth Maul and so they just finished this storyline where you don't really know what's happened with Death Watch and then we find out that Death Watch is picking up these kids and kind of rebuilding their ranks with adopted Mandalorians and so that's where the children of the Watch. So this was all, that was all new for me and I was able to put those pieces together because of my ridiculous amount of watching of everything Star Wars but Clone Wars and and then Rebels talks a little bit about it but the reason and, and what got me excited is Bo-Katan Kree. So you see her come in. That's why they call this episode the heiress, because she's technically mm-hmm. the heir to, a, from a certain point of view, the Mandalorian people. And for a while, she was their leader because at the end of Rebels, she's given the Darksaber by another Mandalorian, Sabine Wren, who is part of the Rebels crew. She gets this the Darksaber from Maul. She gives it to... Bo-Katan so that she can lead the Mandalorians and then that's the last you see of this so everything post is why I'm so excited to see how she lost it I'm sure it's during the purge which they'll talk about is somehow that got transferred over to the to the empire to you know to Gideon but that was so cool for me because it was new it was something that was like oh shit this is new that ties into everything that I've watched and loved so that was really exciting this whole children of the watch thing
1: so am I completely wrong about her she's actually a good
0: Mandalorian
2: yes
1: she is So her story doesn't
0: come off like, I'm with you there, Jay.
1: Even in the beginning, when they mentioned the height or he says he's got to take the kid to a Jedi, they all look at each other. And I was like, I'd be worried right then and there. It was like a long 30 second pause of them all like, we can do it. You know, the Jedi. I know the Jedi.
2: <laughs> I was like, <laughs> don't do it, Mando. So I, I guess good's a relative term, right? She's always been a bit of an extremist herself. It's kind of an interesting comparison because Death Watch led by privishla she, Bo-Katan has joined, helped. She even helped Maul. In the one of the animated series, for a little while, she joined a group of. So she's been on both sides, but everything she does, she does for Mandalore. She doesn't do it for. She wants to help unite the people of Mandalore. Her sister Satine Kreese was a Duchess in the Clone Wars, and she was leading the people. And the reason that Death Watch came about was to combat her pacifism. She was trying to lead them down a more peaceful reign and be part of the Republic at the time. And so even she wasn't in a agreement with Satine, Bo-Katan, she was like, we need to be more warrior-like, but she was kind of in the middle of Satine and Vishla with Death Watch. Death Watch wanted to go to 100% the old ways, where they don't remove their masks, or even if they do, it's they're very militant, they're a fighting clan, they, they want to separate, they just want to be their own thing. Satine wanted to be part of the system and be peaceful, and Bo-Katan was kind of in the middle. She was okay, they're a militant society, but she didn't want to separate herself from everyone either. So was kind of an interesting with those three yeah. in play. You guys are blowing my mind because I mm. came in
1: thinking she was we want her. I thought she was the villain, I thought she was a new mm. villain. So we want her to have the dark saber because Mando's never gonna lead anybody, he's a, a lone gunman type of guy. Wow, man. If Mandalorian was really a cult, I would be fucking right up there, dude. I'd be in like the C program of
2: Mandalorian.
1: <laughs> Cause I just took it bait and 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 sinker, man. I was like, that's not the way. No, bitch, that's not the way.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> you're not alone. Like I said, I've seen it's crazy. Well, so there was two, it's kind of an interesting, again, another dichotomy, right? People like myself, when I first started watching this show and in the first season, they're like, no, we don't remove our helmets. I'm like, wait, what? I was like, that doesn't fit with the canon that I know. All of the Mandalorians that I know and love remove their helmets. And you heard Star Wars fans for days losing their shit because <laughs> these guys wouldn't take their masks off. And that was the way, the only way you stay a Mandalorian. Well, now you've got the flip side where people like yourself, Jay, who are Coming into this universe, and this is the biggest source of material and canon and and lore that you have. You're going, wait, wait, whoa! This Bo Katan <laughs> chick, she's not a Mandalorian. She took her shit <laughs> off, so now you've got these kind of battling philosophies. Of for me, I'm like, God, take your helmet off, dude. Take your mm-hmm. helmet off, relax. And now, you know, people are like, dude, she Bo Katan, who is actually a Mandalore, born on Mandalore. She takes her helmet off, and they're like, oh, she's not a real Mandalorian. So it's really cool to see this really both sides. Of this play out and kudos to Bryce Dallas Howard man cuz oh. the, the I would have never like she put
1: in those dirty looks you know, they were there. I saw yeah. I, was, I picked
2: up on it. was great. So to kind of dive in, Aaron, got a question. I love it. Aaron's back. This guy, he's amazing. So here's the question. What's the reason why they don't take their helmet off? Well, what we're learning, Aaron, is that this is part of what they called it a cult. So they call it Death Watch. And they're, so they call them now the Children of the Watch. And so there's two sides of Mandalorians now. There's those that we've seen with Night Owls, with Bo-Katan crees in this episode where they're, they take their helmets off, which is a normal part of their part of Mandalorian and Mandalorian society. And then the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin, who was adopted into, we find out, a group called the Children of the Watch, which I'm sure they don't call themselves that. But they don't remove their helmets as part of the old ways, the extreme militant version of the Mandalorians. So that's why they don't take their helmets off. Great question, Aaron. So... One of my favorite parts of this is when we jump like jump onto this ship. The way they get on the ship and they hijack this whole thing. That whole sequence on the ship was a lot of fun. And that's where we get to see Gideon. So I wanted to talk about that. What did you guys think about that whole cause he didn't want to go and then she guilted him into hey, you know, it's the honor thing you've committed. Let's go do it and I'll tell you where to go. And then she changes the deal on him. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. So this whole, we see last episode, it ties into with the frog. She calls his ass out, right? I'm not doing this. And she's like, no, 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 you're Mandalorians. You do what you promise. And now we see she changed the deal a little bit to get what she wanted. What do you guys think about that whole ship sequence?
0: Well, before we get into the, the changes necessary that, that the one male Mandalorian that's not Mando, I really just laugh. I don't know what he compared the stormtrooper shooting to, but it made oh. me laugh because they just totally ragged on him so hard. And and I love that that theme continues to care because in the previous season they had those two Stormtroopers that were on the speeder bikes and trying to shoot <laughs> yeah. whatever it was in the, and they couldn't do it. And they continue that theme forward. and I like that Star Wars can make fun of themselves leading into that scene. But to the actual scene, I mean, you, if we're talking about action and, and and wanting to get into the thick of Star Wars. To me, the, what's iconic about Star Wars is stormtroopers and, and seeing those universes connect again. And it was it was really cool to to see the Empire, albeit I, I believe this is like five years after the collapse, still look somewhat strong and still being a player within the universe because they've still got ships. They got seemingly a lot of troops that and they're they're I think it was just cool to see. It was a lot of fun.
1: It, the action was pretty I epic. Was, yeah, as soon as it started, that was my note was like Mando Ty- or Mando Heist. Fuck yeah and then it just and yeah absolutely when the stormtroopers showed up it was just like nostalgia and then they got blown away and I don't know if the guy said they can't hit a barn or yeah it was or something he might like that <laughs> substituted <laughs> it for like a space
2: oh yeah what he got it the broadside of Bantha. okay
1: yeah I was like they're probably gonna sub whatever it was it was probably like a space reference or something what is it Bantha, yeah, Bantha
2: JJ it's the big creatures that we saw in the first episode with the horns on Tatooine okay. the big mm. giant furry things that so the they're really tried. big yeah they're huge yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and then when she changes the terms like honestly like i'm blown away that i i took it the complete wrong way <laughs> basically i mean sh- that's not mandalorian like i mean you're not supposed to change the terms i'm pretty sure that at least that one you can't do but it was pretty epic pretty awesome i mean besides the beginning when he was landing and it just <laughs> right into the fucking ocean because it like uh what was it it, it backfired yeah. <laughs> at the very last second this that was my favorite part the action here and then those are my two favorite parts of the whole episode also baby Yoda with utensils you gotta give him shit with yeah. his hand cause he's super cute
2: yeah the whole squid thing coming out and latching onto his face I had a good chuckle at that I thought that was like a face hugger from Aliens I know, Again, right? you
3: know,
1: that was freaky That shit was
3: great. When Jay brings up, this is probably my biggest beef with the Mandalorian over all the episodes is the amount of damage his ship can take and how quickly it gets rebuilt.
2: (laughs) Because it happens
1: like multiple episodes. So, although now it looks like Ron Weasley's house, like all fucking beat up
2: and shit. (laughs) I did love the whole where he gets all mad at the Mon Calamarians or whatever, you know, because he's mad that they put it together like almost like a fishing boat, like with fishing nets strung everywhere. That was really funny. Had
0: we, time with that. We're not going to talk about the reason why I'm named Davy Jones today, because whatever those fishermen guys were just straight up reminded me of Pirates of the Caribbean. And that's I'm like, they must have just taken a page right out of that movie. And and, and all of, they just I, I, I couldn't help but comma on that
1: like, Jesus, do Squid have that many family in real life? And like, they're all (laughs) dicks to Baby Yoda, man. They all want to either kill him or, you know, take him hostage or just like throw him into a fucking thing with some monster.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They they wanted that that Beskar steal. And I think it was pretty cool that the scene with Mando when he in the ship, when he had to throw those explosive grenades, how many times his armor took a hit. And I mean, it showed to me that the real value of Beskar because you can get hit a bunch of times and apparently it doesn't a thing to the armor for the amount of damage that those blasters have so I was like okay wow like he but. was
1: like Derrick Henry, dude. He was fucking <laughs> made it like fifty yards and then came down. I mean, I, I would, was pretty cool when he was in the water and he couldn't swim. You know what I mean? Because he would just drop. He had to like hold himself up. So mm-hmm. it's crazy,
2: crazy. But so those species with the that look like the squid, those are called Corin. They were introduced in the original trilogy and they were they've been throughout ever since. Or not the original trilogy, but the the prequel trilogy and they've been throughout for a while. So call him Davy Jones. <laughs> So, Ian, I'm going to open it up to you because I know you got questions. I know oh, you love I, the lore and or have we answered I, them all. I
3: feel like we answered most of them with our with our spiel
0: or so, I have a question. How do you say your name again? Bo-Katash? Is that how you? Bocatan. katan Bo-Katan. My apologies. The dark saber in connection to her. Is that truly a Jedi weapon or is it like a Jedi? Look, I want to know a little bit more about the lore behind that. Sure.
2: The Jedi and the Mandalorians have always been have almost always been at, at odds together because, again, And Mandalorians have always been a militant society. Jedi have always been a peacekeeping core, at least when they were originally founded, for the most part, they're, they're all about peacekeeping. So they were kind of at odds quite a bit. And there's only ever been one mandalorian jedi that we know of at least in canon so far and that jedi built the dark saber okay for himself and so and then he left the jedi order and led the mandalorian people he became the the first leader that they called the mandalore and from then on for a long time the leader of mandalore was called the Mandalore, and it was whoever held hmm. the Darksaber. So that's the where that comes from, and that's why Bo-Katan wants it so bad, because whatever Mandalorian, or whoever is in possession of yeah. the, the Darksaber like becomes the, right the rightful leader, and most of the clans, if not all, will follow them. That's why, for a good long time, everybody was afraid, because in Clone Wars, the the animated show, Maul gets a hold of this, so Darth Maul has the Darksaber for a very long time. And
0: so he leads, he takes over leadership of Death Watch from pre-Vishla, And you could be a non-Mandalorian, but have the Darksaber, and then they're kind of, they have to follow you.
2: Certain clans will. Now, the Mandalorians have always been a grumpy people, so they're not, not every clan, and they're clan-based. So it's, there's leaders of the clans, their family names, things like that. Like the Kree's clan, she says, I'm the last of my clan. They, they're very clan-based, and so not every clan may follow but in theory, they could be the leader of, of Mandalore, whether they're Mandalorian or not, at least in the past. So that's it's also dangerous that Gideon has that thing. Not that there's a lot of Mandalorians, true Mandalorians left. But speaking of like that's
1: actually that I was afraid like, because of that rule where they got like, non-Mando can have it. I was like, oh, man, she wants to get into rule them when I thought she was a villain. But also thinking about Gideon, that is crazy. We've talked about how they had some issues, Pedro Pascal. And John Favreau, and John Favreau said they're gonna maybe in season two look at other characters. And we talked about that a few times. And and because, and I think the thing that's disappointing about this episode is that now that we've been introduced to Gideon, because my question was gonna be what do you think he's doing? We are disappointed that we're not seeing where he is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we now we want him to go go ahead, do a whole episode of Moth Gideon, please. Get us to lead up his timeline from the last season to yeah. now and then make it happen. Like that would be badass.
0: Jay, can I just say, (laughs) let's just hope episode four, that's like, I just want to see the other side of the table. There's all these other people that we had in season one. We just haven't seen what they've been doing. And I think that's a little bit more of what I want to see instead of these really cute baby Yoda side quests, like give me some meat and potatoes
2: next episode you're not going to get that because I don't damn it JJ so and here let me tell you why because it's the thing that I'm most excited for for this season and that being Ahsoka Tano so Bo-Katan tells him oh she is my my favorite addition to the Star Wars world when they did the animated series they introduced her so I'll tell you a little bit about her because she's my favorite character that they're introducing when I when I heard they were doing it like I lost my shit that they were bringing her into live action so Ahsoka Tano who is who Bo-Katan told him to find and say Bo-Katan sent you mm-hmm. she is she made her debut in the Clone Wars intro movie so the, the series has a two part intro movie and they showed in theaters as one part she was the Padawan to Anakin Skywalker. And so they follow her throughout the series, the Clone Wars, and then she makes some, she does show up a little bit in Rebels. You get to watch her progressing. She was the best part of Clone Wars, in my opinion. At first, when they they said they were introducing her, I watched this and I went, oh, this is some bullshit. Anakin didn't have a Padawan. He didn't have, but the more I watched, the more entertaining this character is. And now she's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. So I'm thoroughly thoroughly stoked to have her in this show so my hope is with them mentioning her telling her where to find her that that's where we're headed is to have her be in the next episode so I'm tickled about that my guess is and my my theory on this is there's going to be a battle between her and Gideon for the Darksaber to try to collect that back for Bo-Katan so yeah I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Ahsoka in live action yeah cannot wait I remember you saying so and I thought Bo-Katan
1: was the girl you were talking mm. about. I was like, oh shit, JJ's gonna be thrilled like they finally got to her, but they haven't but is also, is Bo-Katan, has she never been on screen? Is she only or not on screen, but live
2: action? No she is the first actual besides a droid from Rebels, she's the first actual live action character from the cartoons the animated series, yes. so she's the first and then Ahsoka will be the next and then, so we saw Sasha Bank. she was the one of the Mandalorians that had the hood on and was looking at him through on the the port. I was hoping that she was going to play Sabine Wren, though I was perfectly happy with how she ended up just being part of the Night Owls, Bo-Katan's Night Owls. So that was cool to see Sasha Banks. She was pretty fun. But yeah, Rosario Dawson is playing the live-action version of Ahsoka Tano, which is cool. She does have a similar look from like if you were to compare a cartoon to a, a live-action, there's a similar look there. I was a little disappointed. Ashley Eckstein voices her and does an amazing job voicing her. I was hoping they would cast her live-action, but if there's got to be someone else who Rosario Dawson's great so I'm excited for that do
1: we know the name of the next episode to gauge whether it's going to be your version or maybe they will back up and start with Gideon I don't know let's see if we have Honestly, like, I don't get any of the titles besides Sanctuary, <laughs> I guess, maybe. But So, like, I, like even if you read it to me, you could probably figure out what it's going to be about more than I could.
2: Sure. So I'm not able, just off a quick look, to find Chapter 12's name. Mm. So I couldn't tell you. I know that it was directed by Carl Weathers. So the other thing that we may see is them pulling in Grief Karga and Cara Dune. So we may see something with them. Maybe he goes and gets them to go help him find this Jedi Ahsoka or maybe not. I don't know. But I'm excited to see what happens with that. So with the title, I got excited. So the title, to kind of your point, Jay, the, the title for me when I opened up the, the app at one in the morning here in Utah to watch this on third Friday morning at one in the morning. Who I does it there. release though? 1 a.m. in mountain time. So Jeez. it would be on, on what day? Friday is when it comes out officially, but uh, it's available okay. 1 a.m. mountain time. That's so be
0: 3 a.m. for you, Jay. So just,
1: just watch it when you wake you. up. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I watch before we do this so that I can be fresh. Gotcha. <laughs> but I was, <laughs> I was worried. I'm glad that they didn't release the whole season now because
2: I was going to do it one week at a time. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier. Yep. That's one cool thing about Disney Plus is they're doing everything episodically, which is fun. Yeah. So when I opened up the app and I saw the title was The Heiress, I knew we were gonna see Pokemon because I knew she was gonna be in the series. And again, she is technically from one point of view the heir to the Mandalorian throne. So yeah. Man, dude, my mind has been warped like this whole <laughs> this whole show,
1: man. I'm just like, you could go back earlier and do like a little gif of my face because I
2: was like, holy shit, when you guys <laughs> mentioned like what she was about. Damn. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot of i of hope cool. she does get it then yeah me too i love Bo and i i love that they so the actress that plays her in the live action is the same one that voices her in the cartoons so Wonderful. that's a pretty cool tie-in as well for her well i'd say we've covered the hell out of this episode i this has been a lot of fun for me i can't wait for next week mattson why don't you tell everybody where they can find us
0: yeah you can find us wherever good podcasts are found apple spotify ghana check us out on a website what's our verdict Dot com And then come chime in like our Mr. Aaron Diaz did via Facebook and Instagram. We do these every week, same time, 130 Mountain Standard Time. Give us a look. We're excited for the next episode and check out our, our movie podcast as well.
2: Jay, tell them where they can find you. I know you got some new
1: things coming up as well. So Yeah, I mean, just right now, basically Twitter. I don't really do too much on Facebook. But yeah, I mean, like I, I said last week, I got one idea at least. And um, so I am scheduling some interviews. I, I got this podcast called Over the Moon it's uh, this gay couple just kind of go- talking about their lives it's pretty funnily like, um they agreed to cut to tell me their craziest drunk story yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, i'm gonna have some some pretty i already got some pretty good interviews scheduled or not really interviews but like chats that'll be fun but yeah
2: i got it on my name there at hardy jay's nice cool thanks again guys for joining us aaron aaron says great job again guys thank you aaron we appreciate you tuning in man i always look forward to questions and hearing from you so thanks for watching us and posting comments and questions and uh yeah so this is the mandalorian season two episode three the heiress and uh we'll catch you next week on the next episode. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.